You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we are back. It feels like it's been a while. It has been a minute, actually. And um, so we have PC in the building today. Hi, PC. Hello, everybody. I'm PC. Glad to be here. Hi. I can officially say I'm distanced from all. No, yeah, yeah. He's safe. He's safely <laughs> is in his corner. There. So excited! But so excited uh, all the while to be to be back here in this fantastic show. Thank you, sir. For joining us. Yeah. Today, we are talking about an issue that I feel like if you're a Christian at all, you've probably experienced it or know someone who's experienced it. Um, being hurt, not by your boyfriend, not by your husband or girlfriend, but by the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the subject of church hurt is, is real. Uh, and, you know, there's so many people who will talk about how the church hurt them and so they don't want to do church anymore or they move from one particular church to another one because this other church hurt them. Um, and, you know, th- this is such a, a, a real thing, um, especially in our, in our, with, our, with our generation. And you see even all kinds of posts on social media about how the, the church hurt me and I want nothing to do with the church. Or maybe you could be out there and you're experiencing some hurt and maybe that hurt has led you to either you know leave the church altogether or you know feel like christians are fake or you know it it could lead to all kinds of conclusions mm. um or maybe maybe sometimes you're the one who caused the hurt right yeah, true. We, we don't often talk about that as well uh, but we just want to really get into this into this topic and and try to touch the various aspects of it, and so PC of course is going to be helping us do this. Um, so maybe the first question that I, that I actually want to to pose is, what do we mean by church hurt? How, how is it different from all kinds of hurt? Why why church hurt in particular? <laughs> Uh, what an interesting question. Uh, I almost, I'm tempted to just say it's hurt that happens in church, <laughs> which in uh, in a great, um, in, a, in, a, in a way, it really is if you think about it. When we talk about um, church, my understanding or my perception of this um, of this matter is that uh, we're looking at people um, going through pain as a result of their interactions within the church sphere right that may be within the various processes of church mm-hmm. right where the services uh, ministry and the like programs or perhaps the relationships of church right so sometimes um, the fact that we're members of the body of christ or members of a particular local assembly sometimes those relationships introduce a certain kind of um hurt which people would carry. So when I look at church, I'm looking at what happens in the course of doing, if I can say this, church business, or in the course of um, uh, just uh, conducting our church relationships. Right. And these two concepts obviously intertwine, right? And um, I, I, that's how I see it, basically. I see basically uh, that, in short. I like that you said church business because the church, 
Well, when we look at the local church, it is, in <coughs> essence, an organization because it relies on people to run. <laughs> and wherever there's people, I feel like it's inevitable that there'll be some degree of hurt because hurt people hurt people, so they say. So, and because we're all fallible, none of us is perfect, we're all, you know, striving for that, but we're all on a journey towards it. Mm. So, of course, people will say things that you don't quite like. People will do things that you don't agree with. But why why does it surprise us at all that you'd encounter problems or issues or hurts in doing church business? Because it's still you're still dealing with the same people. It's like at your workplace, obviously, you encounter people you don't like, people who say things that you don't agree with. So why do we expect the church to be this perfect place where it's like a bubble and you can't get hurt in there and it's all just joy and love and no rebuking, no anything? Well, you know what? I was actually thinking about um, reasons why people get hurt in church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got a number of um, clusters I, I've particularly noted and I'm coming to your question there. Mm. Uh, in fact, let me just come straight to, to your question. Why then do we get surprised when people get it? I believe one of the reasons people are hurt within church is a crisis of expectation. Mm -hmm. Right. There's an expectation people carry when they are within the confines of church. Yeah. Right. Which may be completely different if they're saying at work or in a political sphere mm -hmm. or on the streets. There's certain things people could probably um, live with. Yeah. If it happened outside of church, yeah. which they may not easily live with, supposing it happened in church. Mm. A case, an example, you're driving in traffic and somebody <laughs> really yells at you mm. and says something really nasty. Yeah. Right. Right. You could just pass that off and go. Mm. When you come to church, generally, some people do not expect people to yell at them or to speak a certain way. Yeah. Neither am I condoning um, or supporting yelling or, or the like. So, so expectations that people have mm. of what church is or what it should be normally is in my view the one of the first reasons why people get hurt i didn't expect this i didn't expect such a thing to happen in fact uh, my my own analysis is again what are the reasons why people get hurt abuse mm -hmm. right abuse in the church sector right can bring uh, uh, hurt to yeah, people for sure right again we can come back to the issue of expectation. I guess expectation becomes like a root. People don't expect abuse to happen mm. yeah, in church. Course. People don't expect um, leaders to fail morally. Right. So when the person you look up to um, makes a very huge fall, right? Say they make a, a huge, massive mistake yeah. that can bring some sort of hurt. And people generally are coming into a space where they expect... That's not to necessarily happen. So mm -hmm. I guess that's where the, 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 the pain comes in and the surprise on some, on some, uh, to some extent mm -hmm. to say, hey, this is not what we expected. Mm -hmm. yeah. You see, even relationship, even communication, right? The way we communicate mm. within the church uh, perspective can be a source of hurt. Talking yeah. or not talking or how you're talking, etc., mm. etc., and the, and the aspects of communication. So you, you're going to come back again to that point I'm saying that basically... The surprise comes when people are, are, are expecting one thing and not getting it. Yeah. So um, from what you're saying, can we then safely um, surmise 
that it's a matter of when and not yes. if no not okay. even not even uh-huh. it's not when uh, it's not a matter of when not if because uh, when you talk about hurt uh, i would take out uh, the word hurt and, and replace it with the word offense mm-hmm. the word offense right and um how i understand issues of offense offense is not given offense is taken yeah. okay you choose to be offended right whatever it is that uh, i i love speaking and giving this example to married couples that again you go on the street mm-hmm. a random vague vagrant on the street calls you all sorts of names stupid bad person good for nothing mm-hmm. they say that you ignore them you walk away yeah the very same words are used in your house <laughs> your partner calls you stupid good for nothing useless etc the very same words that you ignored outside you find you took offense with inside the house mm-hmm. but it's the same why didn't you take offense when that guy said it um and and the point i'm trying to say here is offense generally is taken so we take offense so we as people choose what we take offense at or what offenses and this is very important what i'm saying because um there are things that are going to happen that can offend a person mm-hmm. but the person can choose to be hurt by them or not this is what i'm trying to say okay right so when we then come into the space of the church before we look at ourselves as individuals let's look at the head of the church yeah his name is jesus mm-hmm. jesus christ he, the bible calls him the head of the church it also calls him the husband yeah of this beautiful bride called the church mm-hmm. now between you and me this bride sometimes cheats on jesus <laughs> right this bride sometimes does things that jesus is not very proud of mm-hmm. but one thing you know is jesus does not divorce this bride he does not cast her off he does not let her go why because he handles certain offensive things we the church do a little bit different sometimes to our people how do you do now i i need to clarify something here and say i'm not saying people will not be hurt mm-hmm. i'm not saying don't be hurt but what i'm trying to say is it's actually possible to rise above, above. potentially hurtful scenarios okay. that's what i'm trying to say you spoke and and thank you for that you spoke earlier about expectations mm-hmm. um and so i i think what naturally tends to happen is that when people walk into church the the reason why I guess there's this expectation is that we're coming in with our with our with our guard down mm-hmm. because we're coming into a safe space. Mm-hmm. Right? So whatever our definition of safe space is either because you know you you join the church and the initial welcome is very pleasant, you know, very welcoming. Um so you naturally assume that you know what th- th- this is this is a, a good safe space where I can be vulnerable. Um and then as as you get into it you know you then actually start discovering that okay maybe you know the other the other people who are also not very pleasant or things happen you have disagreements with people whatever what whatever the case is the issue of expectations um would you say then that our expectations when coming into church are unrealistic i wouldn't say that what i think actually is the bigger problem mm-hmm. um in terms of uh, people getting hurt is not so much the expectation problem it's what i would think what i would call the discipleship okay problem 
So the fact that we haven't learned or acquired certain truths that relates to how we, how the church is, mm-hmm. or how a local church or how believers are, right, can probably be the reason then that um, people eventually get offended or hurt. Let me let me break it down here. So I'm not saying that people should lower their expectation or whatever. What I'm actually saying is the church must increase its discipleship. For example, just teaching a person what the church is, mm-hmm. right? What teaching a believer how to relate with other believers. For example, when we come to church, I think it's a fact that nobody is perfect, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is in the process of becoming more and more like Christ. Sometimes these truths are not exactly communicated to people for them to to properly understand. Right. Right. And I'm 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 calling this the discipleship challenge. Yeah. Right. That's 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 just one. When people don't know certain truths about the makeup of the body of believers, then we have a problem there that when the the expectations, the crisis of expectation comes, head flows in. Mm-hmm. But when a person comes in knowing uh knowing that the church is like this, right? Perhaps uh, I might even be contra- contradicting myself here. They might even lower their expectations insofar as what they're going to see from people. But I'm mm-hmm. coming back to the issue of discipleship here. Right. And whilst I'm, I'm, I'm there, I want to draw attention, because um, I'm talking about discipleship here, right? I want to draw attention to a very practical example in the book of Luke mm-hmm. about somebody who was hurt when they could actually not necessarily have been hurt. And I give this as a lesson to say, if you want to avoid being hurt in church spaces, mm-hmm. always learn from this too. It's the story of Mary and Martha. If you go to Luke chapter 10, verse 38, there's a woman who opened a house to Jesus. He came in. When Jesus came in, she was serving the tables. That's Martha. Her sister Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. Mm-hmm. Now, Martha, Martha did a good thing. She opened her house to Jesus. She was serving. Somebody needed to do what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then she was offended that, hey, why is this other person sitting when they ought to be helping me here? Yeah. And she she verbalized her offense. And then Jesus said something very interesting, which I find uh, helpful to me on Sundays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes as a pastor, you come into church, things are not exactly the way you're, you're liking. And that could sometimes disturb your balance right there. Yeah. Jesus says to Martha, you are worried about many things. You're worried about many things and then he says mary has chosen that which is important and it will not be taken away from her i have actually i actually teach people to be a mary before you're a mother right before you get caught up in the life of the church particularly serving you know participating and doing all sorts of things make sure you build your relationship with christ Mm -hmm. because if you're busy with the life of the church without building your relationship with christ Sooner or later, something or someone is mm. going to hurt you. Mm. And uh, let me not use the word hurt. Let me say offend you. Mm-hmm. And when I say offend, I, I, I qualify myself again. You're going to take offense where you don't necessarily need to take offense. Now, if you look at what Martha was doing, for example, the Bible says the one who's least, right, or the one who serves is actually the greatest. Yeah. So Martha was in a place where she could have been the greatest because she was serving. Mm-hmm. But guess what? she did not pay attention to that right in the midst of of doing the work sometimes when you don't when you don't um sort out your relationship with christ that comes in and this is why i'm saying discipleship you I see like people that. have not been taught to relate so well with christ the, the less we relate with christ 
the more likely we are to be offended by church and what happens. Wow. I love that analogy. Yeah. That's really good. And it applies to life in general, actually. Yeah. Because it's not only in church where we, you know, have these unmet expectations and we feel like we are the only one who's doing everything. <laughs> Other people are just on the receiving end of our efforts. That's really good. Yeah. Um, another, or just to tag on to what you just mentioned. So there's, there's the other side of things, which is that the church needs people to serve. So you will find churches that will say, you know, get involved, serve, get your hands dirty. Um, you know, I've, I've sat in church services where it's like, hey, some of you don't have husbands or some of you don't have wives because you're not getting involved. Get involved. That's where you're going to meet your person. Or if you really want to grow as a Christian, get involved, become an usher, become this. So there's like this drive for people to to serve and to get involved. And often i'm not saying always and often that that can be emphasized at the expense of the discipleship. discipleship so in essence what the church does maybe unknowingly um is that it ends up pushing to have more mothers or it ends up producing more mothers than it does marries right so as okay i guess as somebody who's in ministry yourself and somebody who's a, who's a pastor how how can this how can this balance be drawn that you you want to obviously have people who are serving and involved in in church but at the same time you know you want those people to be serving while standing on the right foundation with the right perspective how how, how do you strike that balance i would speak to my fellow church leaders who are listening to this um to this particulars uh, episode we're talking about and I would appeal to them to emphasize discipleship I understand the need for mothers you only just have to pastor a church <laughs> to know that things need to get done mm. right or maybe to even have an event mm -hmm. right a conference of some sort or um, an outreach or a philanthropic drive of whatever and before you know it you want to construct a building or have a project you, you, you quickly discover that you need hands on deck. So there's obviously a demand for, for workers. And I understand that. And it's natural as long as the church is going to be there. We need people to do the work. Yeah. Right? So now to my fellow pastors or my fellow church leaders that are listening, we must ensure that our discipleship processes are training our people to be able to balance a, a proper relationship with Christ with serving itself. Failure of which mm -hmm. we are going to have a lot of problems. Because in the process of doing work, in the process of, um, of, 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 of ministry or church activities and programs, sometimes we even, we, we even fail to understand each other properly. Mm -hmm. Right? Somebody can say one thing which is interpreted in another way. Somebody can do one thing which may not be appreciated. A person can give a rebuke out of the purity of their heart to yeah. say, guys, we don't expect people to be late. Yeah. Right? But um, the person to, which, to whom they are rebuking, mm -hmm. right, has got a certain, um, let me just say, a maturity deficit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Nice>. Right? <laughs> let me say a maturity deficit. That a, gen a genuine rebuke may not be received like that. The opposite is also true. What is meant to be, I was, I was preaching to certain uh, pastors and I was saying, there's a difference between um, rebuking 
and uh, outbursts of wrath. Yeah. Right. You see, so sometimes there's a genuine issue that needs to be corrected. But mm-hmm. because a person is not in a right element, probably even as a leader, mm-hmm. right? The way they let out something which is supposed to be right can come out all wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm bringing this back to our personal relationship with, with Christ. God. That's good. You see, when people are closer to Christ, you see, your propensity to get hurt is lower mm-hmm. by whatever people do whether they do something that's right directly or inadvertently. Mm. And then the opposite is also true. Uh, the opposite side, sorry, is also true. When you're close to Christ as well, your propensity to hurt others easily diminishes. You're, you're a bit more, you're a bit um, slower to talk. You're more measured in your actions. Yeah. You're more compassionate. I, I believe you're even more spiritual. You know, you allow the Holy Spirit to actually influence how you're dealing with people. Remember Jesus, um, through the prophet Isaiah, he talks about a bruised reed he will not break. Mm-hmm. You see, so sometimes there could be a real problem, but there's no need to go hard on somebody because they're already bruised, yeah. that kind of a thing. But when, we, when we're not uh, allowing the, the Holy Spirit to function um, on the inside of us, I promise you we are busy cooking up herds of lots and lots of magnitudes, right? And, uh-huh. and, and here we're just talking about these general hurts. Mm. Mm-hmm. What about the real big ones, guys, where you've got abuse that's happened, yeah. Yeah. right? Where you've got um, uh, issues like uh, uh, infidelity. Yeah. You know, when perhaps uh, there's, a, there's a love triangle within the church. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there's one family husband wife children yeah we've now got away of this and then there's the offending person who's coming to this family mm-hmm. and does that and we've got these kinds of hurt and yeah. i'm saying ladies and gentlemen sometimes these kinds of things happen yeah mm-hmm. i'm not saying they must but sometimes they might they happen they, they do yeah now whenever we're not let me use this this language whenever we're not vibing with christ i promise you these things are going to hurt us a little bit more now let me show you something paul Mm-hmm. is a former murderer. Mm-hmm. Who did Paul murder? Believers. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, but. but Paul was worshipping with the same believers he was murdering. I was telling somebody this. Do you realize that probably Stephen's relatives worshipped God with Paul? And yet we never hear anybody raising an issue about that guy murdered our relative. What was it about the church that they were able to accommodate somebody who just the day before was made. They, 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 they were not hurt by what Paul did. It shows you that um, <laughs> it shows you that where they were with Christ was higher than the offense. Yeah. Right. Murder is terrible. Right. But Paul was welcomed into the very same place mm-hmm. where he had murdered. Yeah. Abuse is terrible. Infidelity is terrible. Yeah. Stealing people's monies and conning fellow believers is terrible. Yeah. Right? But we can actually rise above these hurts whenever, like I said, we're vibing well with Christ. Mm. You see, it's, 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 it's possible to actually rise. Remember, Jesus also says um, it's inevitable for sin to come. Mm-hmm. He then just says, woe to him through which it comes. Yeah. But he says, inevitably, you know, offense is bound to step in. But so so if you guys are hearing what I'm saying here, I'm talking to my fellow pastors to say, guys, let's let's enable people to get into that place where the Spirit of God is leading them. The Spirit of God is inspiring them. The Spirit of God is the life that's in them. And then if they are in that place, surely if a Paul steps into the house, 
yeah. right? Or let me say Pauline as well. Yeah. You know, if it's a woman, <laughs> whatever it is they've done, I'm sure they can be released and that may not be carried. Yeah. Wow, this is so good. Um, and then, you know, uh, Pastor Craig, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking that you, you spoke about the bruised reed, mm. right? So there are many people in church that are coming who are bruised, mm. right? Either they're bruised because of where, where they're coming from, they're bruised because they've made certain choices in their lives that have led to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bruised because somebody within the church mm-hmm. did something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like you're, you're talking about in, infidelity and, and issues like that. Um, and that, that can cause hurt if, if that's, not, that's not handled properly, right? I also want to ask about, or maybe if we can discuss the issue of people, the people actually causing hurt. Because sometimes believers hurt other believers. Absolutely. Right? So yes, yes. sometimes it's church leadership. Sometimes it's church structures that, mm. that um, bring the hurt. But often it's other believers that are hurting other believers. Either because, you know, we're callous in the way that we're dealing with things, where we're, not, we're careless with some of the words that we use, or whatever the case is. Maybe if we can speak to that, to say... Um, I guess it does come back to that issue of discipleship again. But I'm just saying, if you know, in what ways can be- believers um, also be conscious and be careful that they they don't offend or then eventually bring hurt to other believers? Okay, thank you very much. I think that's a powerful question. Eh? So just going back to what I said, we must vibe with Christ. Eh? We mm-hmm. must be good. That's correct. I believe the church must um, must set up um, a culture. Let me not say structures, but a culture of accountability, mm. right? That's let me good. start. Let me start from the upper levels. It's actually a meditation I was having this week mm-hmm. when I was thinking about big churches. They're in the news for the wrong reasons, obviously. Yeah. And the things I, I, God was just ministering to me to say: the higher you go, the more accountable you must be. Yeah. So you see, one of the reasons why hurts can can um can can you know can thrive, mushroom and grow, is because there's a there's a culture that is lacking. So I, I like what you said there. I, I I think we may have missed that. The higher you go, the more accountable, the more accountable you must become. Absolutely. That's very, very you profound. Must be. You yeah. must be. The, the bigger your budget, the bigger your church budget. Uh-huh. If you're running a church budget in millions, it is in your best interests yeah. to be accountable. That's so good. Anyway, you sorry, see, carry on. If you're running a church of 60,000, yeah. you want to have a very clear accountability structure. Why? And, and here I'm, 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 I'm focusing on leadership because some of the hurt is from leaders in particular. And whenever a leader lacks accountability, he can really go and wreak, uh, wreak a lot of havoc yeah. without no, you know, no, no solution or no, no stopping to that. Mm-hmm. But where accountability is, you see, it's then difficult to do or perpetuate certain things. If I know you're watching me, you know, when you know Big Brother is watching, if you're in a place and you can see CCTV on you, it is a way of moderating, you know, the excesses of your, your behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, accountability is a godly thing. Now, accountability, as far as I'm concerned, um, can be best captured even by wisdom or Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Oh, yeah. One of the things about the fear of God is the fear of God is just knowing that God is watching. Yeah. So ultimately, yes, we might have formal structures of accountability. But I must, at the very base, know that I'm ultimately accountable to God. That's Remember, good. that's good. What does God say about our words? He says the words that you said when you're not thinking. We're going to have a chat about them one day, right? The words that you said without thinking. 
You're going to be accountable over your words. That's Man, Jesus. So already, I must know as an individual that I'm accountable for what I say to mm -hmm. people, <laughs> what I say in circumstances, and, um, and, and so forth. But this is at a personal level. But at a corporate level, a church must have, you know, structures and systems where people, particularly, number one, leaders, are accountable for their actions and their words. Yeah. It helps to stop. It helps to stop. <laughs> I'm getting excited as I'm, um, as I'm saying this. <laughs> um, the other thing there, I was just thinking, uh, closely to vibing with Jesus, let's remind people the love walk. That's good. The love walk. Yeah. Right. Why love? Uh, number one, love is not easily angered. First mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter thirteen. Ish. It says it. Love is not in. I, I, you know. I, I, by the way, personally, I'm, I'm very. I rarely use the word hurt. Yeah. I rarely use the word hurt because sometimes I've seen people abuse that word to pick up offense where you do not actually need to, to pick, pick up offense. Up. Mm -hmm. So I, I rarely just throw out that word. You know, I'm hurt. You know, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Come on, some, some, some of. Remember, the Bible <laughs> says love yeah. is not easily. Angered. Mm. Ah, you're dropping it. You're and dropping then it. Proverbs is, is repeated in Peter. The Bible says love covers a multitude of offense. Mm. Right? Peter then says actually love covers all offense. All, all, all offense. Right? As long as you've done it, love is the biggest cover-up. You talk about political cover-ups, you talk about financial cover-ups, economic cover-ups. Mm -hmm. The love of God, when we come worship God on a Sunday, and we're lifting our hands even though he knew what we we're doing last night on Saturday. Mm -hmm. He loves us anyway whilst he's busy peppering or covering what we did, mm -hmm. you know. Not because he doesn't know we did it, but he covers it and he continues to relate well with us. Mm -hmm. So believers, what's going to happen to ensure that offense is not happening? Uh, leaders must walk in love. People must walk in love, mm. right? What does love do? It doesn't, get, it doesn't catch feelings quickly. Right. Number two, when people do stuff, it easily covers. You know, when you go back to prophets, prophets say something very interesting again. You know, it says a person who promotes love covers offense. Mm -hmm. But one who does not, you know, he repeats the matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember what the pastor said to you. In this church, this is what they've always been doing. Last week they did this, last month. And you know what it is? That other person, Ish. they did this and this. You know, there is no love in that place. Love mm. covers offense. You know, and, and sometimes... We, we want to then make the church look like such a bad institution. But if you go out in the, into the corporate world, into the world, sometimes when they have their own infractions, yeah. not that uh, they, they, are, they are condoning bad things, they have a way they handle their own dramas. Mm -hmm. yeah. What about the church? Right? So a, a big pastor messed up big times. Yeah. But what are the people who run to Facebook? Yep. They run to Facebook more than the people that don't believe. Mm -hmm. The people who actually spread that story are believers. Hey, the other day, I, I, I was actually confronting our church members and I said, you guys, you're not right. Of course, I was speaking this lightly. I said, guys, but you guys are not right. When you come for counseling to your pastor, yeah. we keep your stories. Mm -hmm. We tell nobody. We cry with you. We even, um, we even uh, sympathize with you, even though sometimes <laughs> what you do is terrible yeah. and nobody knows and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Cool. We go. If I, the pastor does something similar to what you've done, which I covered, mm -hmm. you're the first person to become the um, tabloid mm -hmm. to let the world know how bad I am. How uh, fake that is one that? Is a, that one is a fake own, bro. Mm -hmm. huh? and, 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 but, but when the church is, I'm talking about love here, yeah, guys. Yeah. When 
the church is walking in love, mm -hmm. we're not saying that love promotes abuse of minors or women or minorities or whatever. Yeah. But there's a way we deal with a person that has sinned. Yeah. Mm. Right? Obviously, we must uh, confront what's happened. Yeah. But, 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 but getting offended or getting hurt, you know, is below the love bar. The love bar is able to forgive. Can you forgive when you don't walk in love? Hey, 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 hey. Wow. Ah, yeah, you're dropping it. You know, PC, mm. as you're saying this, I'm thinking mm. about a, a lot of things. One of the things that's always bothered me, and I'll be honest, mm. is the whole thing that people are so quick to start talking about church leaders' faults, mm. right? Sometimes it's just allegations that are there. People mm. are doing all kinds of um, YouTube videos. There's all kinds of things. And I'm just like, and it's the body of Christ. It's other believers that are so quick to point things out. Mm. And they, they, they start making noise about, about these things, shouting. And, and the world looks at us and they're like, guys, right? Um, and, but then the, the point that I... I guess that, that I want us to discuss next is the whole issue of um, leaders being hurt. Because I think often we focus so much on the congregants, we, we focus so much on the, on the body of Christ, right? That um, the people are getting hurt, this happened, that happened. But I think people who are serving in a leadership capacity also have a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're trying to attend to a lot of people's issues. They're counseling people, like you said. They're praying for people. But they're also in the public's eye. They're in the public domain many times. Mm -hmm. And they also have personal issues that they have to deal with. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's character issues. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just, you know, they, they, they try to look for, for comfort elsewhere because they're giving out so much and maybe without getting enough time to replenish themselves. I'm just saying, maybe let's talk a bit about that. That what, what sort of... Um, hurt or pain can leaders also encounter and experience in the course of serving Christ? I, I guess they experience almost similar types of hurts, of course, to a different uh, level or in different aspects to what people go through. So as a leader, uh, okay, let me just go back a bit. Supposing a leader is listening to me right now. We must understand that there's a satanic agenda. It's a satanic agenda. I'm mm -hmm. not scared to use those words to target people in places of leadership. Mm -hmm. Why? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, 31, it says it in Mark chapter 14, verse 27, it is written, I will strike the shepherd and scatter the sheep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you want to scatter sheep, you just target the shepherd. Yeah. Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me, he protects. Shepherd or, or leaders have, a, have, have an effect on on. On, on followers. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're a point of satanic attack, right? In various dimensions. Now, with, with regards to leaders being hurt, the first thing I'm going to say, and I'm just repeating myself here, if you're a leader and you're listening to me, you've got to have thick skin. Before I get into the actual aspect of it, you have to have thick skin. You must have thick skin. And for me, how do you develop a thick skin? You vibe with Jesus. Mm. You vibe with Jesus. Jesus was rejected by his own people. He was doubted by his own disciples many times, mm -hmm. right? And he had lots of people calling him all sorts of things. He wasn't really moved. When you are strong and solid in your relationship with God leader, um, you are in a place where hurt is not easily. It must never, you must, a leader must not be easily hurt. Otherwise, as a church, we are in trouble. Just imagine you're in a plane 
and your pilot has a nervous breakdown <laughs> and you're up there, yeah. right? Or you're in an operation and your doctor and you, you're down and the surgeon who's operating on you begins to have some mental issues whilst you're <laughs> down there. Mm. So to the leader that's listening to me right now, God talking to a teenager by the name of Jeremiah, he says, kid, I'm giving you a, a strong head. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you, I'm using my own paraphrase here, I'm giving you a thick skin. Mm -hmm. Because Jeremiah, even though you're young, I'm sending you to crazy people. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to make it if you're not uh, strong. strong you yeah. know? So that's the first part I would say. Number two, um, I would then say we must be careful as leaders, right? How we interact and relate with people. Let me come to the issue of expectation here. Um, let's remember people are fallible. Yeah. People are prone to err. And let's remember patience with people. Sometimes, and it normally happens, the level at which a leader or a leadership is moving is really the same level at which the people are moving. Mm -hmm. So now leaders are moving at 120 Ks. Yeah. The people may be moving sometimes at, at 40 Ks. Mm -hmm. Now the head comes in that difference there. Mm. Right? We're trying to build a building here. We're yes, trying to win the church. We're trying to win the lost. Right? Let's go out on Saturday. Yeah. And you come out on Saturday and it's you, your wife, <coughs> and your pet dog. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and people are not there. Yeah. So when, when leaders like patience, you know, patience is a wall through which uh, offense can easily step in. Mm. When there's lack of patience, guess what? There's a wall we've just removed. Mm. The arrows of offense or hurt are going to step in. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm not, I'm not condoning um, people doing bad things to leaders. Uh, for example, what are some of the things people do that make leaders hurt? You leave. Mm. Ha! Leave. <laughs> just <laughs> leave. I'm out of here, bro. Don't leave me. <laughs> you just leave. Uh -huh. Number two, you're disloyal. Mm. You actually sabotage what they're doing. Oh, number three, I'm just throwing this out. Uh, the words you say. The words you say. Sometimes people speak so many bad words. Uh, uh, number four, you know, lack of gratitude. Mm. Sometimes leaders make so many sacrifices which people don't always appreciate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when a person is standing there, he's, he's thinking, but these people, mm. Mara, I'm not appreciated here. Mm. Mm -hmm. What's with these people? So these things happen. They're not good. We mustn't do that. But however, leaders, may we be patient with people. Mm -hmm. What does the Bible say? Let's be tender-hearted with one another, forgiving each other, even as Christ Jesus did that. So when you've got patience with people, you know, you're able to, to, to pepper, not pepper rather, but to handle some of the stuff that's coming, mm -hmm. right? Let's be forgiving. Let's be forgiving. Some leaders don't actually do the same thing that they preach. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness, right? And the church is one place where you must learn forgiveness. Right? Jesus talking to his disciples. Remember how many times must I forgive my brother? Yeah. Not the unbeliever. So when stuff happens, right? We must learn forgiveness. Yeah. That's how we grow. Mm. And guess what? It's in hurting each other. And I'm using the word hurt um, technically here. Mm -hmm. That our relationships are actually strengthened. When we come out of an offense or of a hard moment, mm -hmm. if we can survive that, we are actually stronger beyond it that's mm -hmm. probably why god allows some of these things to happen because right. then it, it builds 
when we've forgiven each other, we understand each other better. We haven't left each other. We're still holding hands. We're still walking. You hurt me yesterday. You said nasty things yesterday. It's over, but we're together. It builds a certain strength that makes it difficult for the devil to come and crush us. That's good. You see, so 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 when you when you bring in forgiveness, you're then you're then cementing relationships in such a place that eventually you'll be unstoppable. This is good. Wow. Mm. Um, PK, as you PC, sorry, as mm. you were talking, I was actually thinking. <laughs> I know a lot of hurts occur mm. around the issue of finances. Like I think you mentioned it before, mm. stealing and whatnot. But as you were talking now, I actually thought, wait a minute, maybe the abuse can actually be, or the offense can mm. be two-way mm -hmm. in that you have this pastor who's frustrated because his flock is not giving. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's partially his error because he hasn't discipled them to a point where they even understand mm -hmm. why they should give. Like you shouldn't need to be preaching that giving message every Sunday to get people to give. And then he overcorrects now, thinking, okay, I really need to drill this into them. They're not getting it. Then they take offense because they're like, ah, this guy is always talking about money. He just wants my money. And he gets a whole reputation across town because he's always talking about money. But it's like both parties are kind of at fault. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other reason why people are hurt, guys, and I'm coming to that money issue, some people are hurt on behalf of others. Mm. <laughs> this is simply my own experience. Sometimes when you see a person complain, mm -hmm. and I've seen this in my little time on earth, and of in participating in the body of Christ, mm -hmm. sometimes the ones that are vocal are actually never the ones that started the matter. Mm. Right? Sometimes mm -hmm. there's one voice who will never come out straight. You raise an issue regarding mm. finances. Mm. They get a crowd... They sow that seed. The crowd is the one that carries it. The leaders are dealing with the crowd without realizing that sometimes it came from a, a person who might even be unnoticed if wisdom is not taken. Some people can even end up leaving, yet the person who inspired them to leave and complain, let's, we're talking about issues of finance here, yeah. mm. themselves don't even leave, right? <laughs> Money is a is a is a touchy topic wherever you are. Yep. Mm. Money. I've I realized this. I've preached about money last year. This past, past year, actually, I preached a sermon title I knew was likely to offend someone, but I I really wasn't wasn't moved. I called this 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 title sermon title. We want your money. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and I started by saying, who doesn't? <laughs> you know. So sometimes when people have issues. Um, the issues sometimes are not even personal. The issues could actually be sown, right? Particularly in issues in areas of finance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you find out that the people with the biggest financial issues are the lowest givers. Yeah. You know, normally the people that give the most usually have the least financial complaints, mm -hmm. right? The people who don't give. Uh, uh, let me just slide across here for 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 a second. I was saying, why is it that sometimes we as a church are moved by non-believers calling us out as sinners? You know, I find that sometimes a bit awkward that people who are sinners are trying to call us believers who are the righteous of God sinners. Why are we, why, why are we letting criminals, in other words, please, I'm not calling them criminals. I'm saying, why, why should a criminal be hurt by another criminal accusing them of being a, a, a criminal? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. I'm trying to say, when you come back to, the issue, to some of these issues in terms of offenses, sometimes they're actually coming from people who in themselves have got logs yeah. 
in yeah. their eyes. Yeah. yeah. Right. That are trying to point out specs. Yeah. Right. And um, to leaders, we must be careful how we handle the criticisms and the in quotes hurts of people with logs in their eyes. Mm. It mustn't mean you must double up and uh, fight fire with fire, but we must be graceful. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, like I'm saying, even some, some so-called hurts are non-existent hurts. You hear a person saying the pastor doesn't care. No, no, no. He was told by someone that the pastor doesn't care. Mm. Now he believes that the pastor doesn't care. Now yeah. he's hurt because the pastor doesn't care. And, and when the pastor hears that, he proves he's got all the proof to say, hey, look, I actually care. He mustn't then come and fight fire with fire. You don't understand. You people, etc., etc. Yeah. They must then be, be graceful to handle hurts in courts. Mm. Mm. No, this is good. This is good. Um, so from what, I, from what you're saying, what I'm hearing is that there has to be a certain degree of, there's got to be effort from mm-hmm. both ends, mm-hmm. right? Um, leaders have to understand that the position that they hold is a very important, demanding mm-hmm. position that, that requires for them to um, extend much grace Mm. but at the same time believers have to understand that we're all in this process together and that certain things are bound to happen and we gotta vibe with jesus absolutely i love i love this i love the vibing with jesus Mm. um another aspect maybe this is the last thing we'll talk about i don't know if t-mac has anything else but um another thing that i wanted us to to just touch on is the fact that right now the church dynamic obviously is changing so 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 maybe it, it could be easier for people to um to compare and to church hop just because you know you can th- there's so many different options now for for people to um to to experience yeah. online church all of this or people can watch sermons on youtube yeah. right and i'm not even talking about uh corona lockdown yeah. period even prior to that right online the whole online world has brought a whole lot of um new dynamics in terms of how how people absorb um, information and and content so someone can just tune, tune into td jakes and then after td jakes they'll tune into makandiwa and then you know what i'm saying or maybe you're watching and it seems like ah, at steve Furtick's church they just seem to have this dope vibe going on how come my church sucks or how come it seems like my pastor is always like you see what i'm saying and now there's this 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 comparison do yeah. you do you think um in fact maybe i'm gonna ask you as somebody who's Who's actually a, a pastor? Mm. Yeah, just uh, um, how how can we protect our church bodies, our church families, yeah. right, from the, com- from the t- from the temptation to compare with what we're seeing out there? I like what you said. You've you've raised a number of issues, eh? You've raised a number of issues. In short, how well we disciple people will determine how people carry themselves. And how they look at the church. Um, getting impressions of the church from what you see online is a fad. Right? Some of everything we see online is edited, filtered, and produced for a particular segment or for a particular group of people. Right. You don't really get to see what that is. Um, and uh, I, I feel sorry for the believer who has resorted to following church online because um, and not having in-person or a person-to-person kind of fellowship because that is not biblical. Um, let us not uh, forsake the gathering as some has done 
or a son are in the habit. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Yeah. Let's gather together. Now watch. Um, let's use Corona as an example. It's, it's brought lockdowns, right? Mm -hmm. We're watching soccer online. We're watching <laughs> basketball online. We're watching NFL online and so many sports online. But people are still demanding to go to the stadiums. Mm -hmm. You see, it shows you something that online cannot do as good as it is, mm. right? As good as, 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 as virtual meetings are, there's a part, uh, there's an aspect about them that cannot answer the total needs of a man. The other day I was joking with somebody that, so on this note, can we do parenting online as well? <laughs> can we do marriage online, you know, from a distance since uh, we're mm. now in the online thing? Um, so, so it's a fad for believers to ever want to ditch uh, having face-to-face -face interaction with others, uh, hiding behind the the the, the, the online thing. Mm -hmm. Who knows how you're exactly going through? Uh, where is accountability built? You know where we can actually see your face and see how you're living. Who visits you in uh, in hospital? Do you want us to put Zoom over in hospital? Uh, when you're going through a really difficult time, do you want us to send you emojis, you know, <laughs> over the cell phone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or would you rather we hold your hand yeah. and be next to you? That kind of a thing. If a funeral is happening in your in your house, mm -hmm. do you want to go through a whole funeral by yourself with us away? You see us on screens, you go bury your people, that kind of a thing. So we need each other. Yeah. So, so, so the discipleship bit, when people are discipled, they value the gathering of the saints they value this gathering in spite and despite of the hurts that might have gone on if you go into the bible there were a number of times when there was hot spots of hurt in in in, in acts chapter 6 there were widows that were complaining of um of, of discrimination yeah they could have all walked out of the church and mass but with their hurts their issue was hey we're not going anywhere just know that we we feel like you are favoring those guys better than others so guys please mm -hmm. sort it out mm -hmm. so so nobody left mm -hmm. so leaving was not an option yeah when adam and eve have sinned and everybody has discovered they're naked divorce wasn't even part of the menu all right yeah. we're gonna figure this out but no one is leaving anyway so so when discipleship is happening very well in despite our hurts yeah you know we're still able to to band together and to gather together and obviously it also removes these unhealthy comparisons you know what i love about church is uh have you ever noticed that even a church of 10 people has got people who believe that that is their place yep they know that in a city there's churches with mega churches right mm -hmm. with a lot of a lot more things infrastructure and so forth than they have but you still have a dedicated bunch of people who want to go into that place with these 10 people yeah why because they find meaning in that in that particular place yeah which they, they they can even drive over sorry guys i'm talking a bit much here but one pastor once asked uh, guys where we used to go to church he said for you to get to church how many other churches did you pass mm -hmm. to get here people know the other churches that are around yeah but they have a certain attachment to a particular place that's a lesson there to say despite the menu or what's on the menu they found something that they love mm -hmm. so we mustn't be uh, bogged down or, or discouraged by one or two people might raise issues of comparison that's not necessarily uh, a, a representative voice of everybody mm -hmm. yeah okay so i think maybe to to close it off for that person who saw the title church hurt and was thinking yeah finally they're addressing my issue <laughs> mm. for that person who feels like they are 
to, for lack of a better word, justified in mm. their offense or in their hurt. Mm. And they don't know what to do about it. Like they feel like, okay, yes, I'm walking in love, but I don't want to be in a compass or or just let things slide without having done something, whether it's removing myself from the situation or addressing it within the flock that they're in. So how would you suggest that they go about, like before they leave, like you said, the last mm. option is probably the last, last, last one is to leave. Mm. But if they really feel like there are abuses happening, that there are issues that where people are misinterpreting the word of God or mm. there's errors in the leadership, like what should someone actually do? Yes, I'm sure they should pray first, but then what are the actual steps that they can take before they make the decision to leave? Okay, so there's times when leaving is necessary, actually. Mm. There's times when leaving is what? It's necessary. It's necessary. That's good. Let's, um, supposing a leader uh, abuses somebody within the church, right? Or maybe supposing a leader has an inappropriate relationship with a member within the church. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they may need, they, in fact, not sometimes, right? There definitely is a need for movement, in that particular case, mm -hmm. right? Because it may not be easy to continue uh, relating with somebody who you know. Um, they messed up, yes. Everybody messes up, yes. But the relationship dynamic for in that instance may not uh, make it easy for us to what? To heal, mm -hmm. number one. And number two, to immediately build trust or regain trust. So in situations like that, Definitely, uh, there is movement. There, there may be needs, need for movement. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, another simple example, quite related. You've got, like I said, a couple, and then within this married couple, there's been, um, there's been a, a, an adulterous affair, particularly the high-profile ones. Mm -hmm. We're talking about members here, yeah, not necessarily leaders. Yeah. Sometimes it may not be wise for all three parties to continue coming in, um, in such spaces, right? Um, supposing, um, well, this, I would, I would obviously implore the church to deal with the people. Supposing we've got a high-profile legal, and I mean high, high, really high, high profile, not uh, little issues, but in any case, believers must not go to courts. That's what the Bible says. But maybe sometimes there's high-profile disputes, right, that may actually um, ar arise amongst members. Yeah. Disputes that may actually um, threaten the unity mm -hmm. or the cohesion of the church the leadership here has to take responsibility in order probably to necessitate movements mm. I, I actually think that particular aspect is 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 a, is a whole is a whole episode on its own mm -hmm. you know yeah. how you deal with um high profile abuse and hurts right the little the little if i can use that english type of hurts um you say this you didn't call me you guys didn't visit me. I had my birthday. You didn't buy me a cake, but yeah. you bought so and so a cake. Yeah. Come on, guys. These are things that we can, um, we can, we can, we can hug each other. We can make up. We can, we can resolve. Mm. Now I'm sitting here as a member, and I notice something is happening. Right. The first question is: Is there an accountability system that allows me to confront this matter? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. If the answer is yes, I immediately must go and. Uh, do that mm. in fact the bible is is a number of steps for these kinds of things anyway but supposing a leader is in the wrong and there's accountability systems obviously without even praying i need to 
to prayerfully, not prayerfully, I need to approach those systems for a recourse, mm. right? Um, the Bible, remember, says if you've got an accusation against an elder, you must entertain how many people? Two witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. Two or three witnesses. Yeah. So, okay, so that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, but if that does not exist in a church, mm-hmm. sad to say, that's a sign that you must not be in that in that kind of a place. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If a place lacks accountability, then what you've seen, you're likely going to see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You see, if yeah. you see it in the pulpit, you know that is going to come down to the leaders mm-hmm. and eventually it will become a perverf- pervasive culture yeah. within the mass. Yeah. And where there's lack of accountability, where touch not the man of God or etc. Or we can't there's no recourse out encourage such a person. To, to, to step away mm. and there needs not to be drama yeah. in that process yeah um, just one last thing it's okay I know some churches have um, we spoke before about how love covers a multitude of sins and we should be careful as the church how we deal with issues when someone has fallen mm-hmm. and we don't need to go shouting about it in the streets mm. but I think for <laughs> there's this very popular thing called closure mm. so because people did not see it being dealt with for them it hasn't been dealt with because it was done behind closed doors so in that covering of each other i know some churches do it whereby okay fine there's one particular church they it's 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 said in the meeting in the church the person is made to stand up the offending parties must stand and they deal with it and it's like you guys are now being put on discipline and you don't serve for a specific period of time everyone is aware of what is happening so i mean why should there's your closure whereas when it's done behind closed doors how do you how do the congregants know kakuti has been dealt with You've just raised a very powerful one because uh, we, you've talked about church discipline there mm. vis-a-vis hurts. The culture now in, 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 in modern times has been this issue of making people stand is not on, right? Mm. And a lot of people believe that's not on. Guys, let's handle it privately. Mm. Okay, if I did my stuff, <laughs> don't make me stand in church. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, some of them are hypocritical enough to want us then to publicize the, the ears of people in authority. I just think that's that's oh, using okay. different that's using different standards. Right. Yeah. However, when a person's falling is a matter of public discussion, mm-hmm. then you can't then deal with it okay. silently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So if the pastor has come out in the newspaper, yeah. right, it, you may be lacking wisdom to go deal with it without necessarily addressing it to I the congregation. personally. personally. <laughs> you see, supposing a matter has become public, yeah. supposing everybody knows that, you know, the the elder, and well, maybe not the elder, but the associate uh, pastor was in the courts, mm-hmm. you know, and this is an issue that's public. Mm-hmm. Then obviously, there has to be a very wise and, and um, a clever way by which that issue must be dealt with. Mm-hmm remembering to uh, to to guard the dignity of right. the offender yeah the dignity of the offender must be maintained at all times mm. yeah even though they offended they are probably married they have children yeah right mm. we can then create more offense yeah and now we're dealing that's or create true. more hurts yeah. that's good and now we're dealing with somebody who's messed up so yeah. a pastor cheated on his wife but the way we've dealt with him now the kids become wrecks forever mm. yeah you see so so even though it must be dealt with 
publicly, there must be a very wise way of handling it, being accountable, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're preserving the dignity of the person who has fallen. Because remember, we don't want them to get out of Christ mm -hmm. as a result of one place yeah. or a number of errings. We want them to be restored yes. back into, into Christ. So the church must be very careful. If, if, if it's not public, then by all means, be very private about it. Mm. What do I mean? If one of our pastors is messing around and I'm a leader and we know this, it doesn't have to come. Yeah. The same way if one of our members, we find you doing what you're doing, we're not going to tell the whole church, hey, guys, just know kuti ningi. Exactly. We're not going to do that. <laughs> right? We will deal with you yeah. and grow with you yeah. and sort you pri pri uh, privately. Mm -hmm. The moment, like I said, it's just a public issue, yeah. then obviously we must have... Uh, a, a, a wise way of then handling that issue whilst making sure we we, we guard the sinner or we 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 we, we restore them back to mm. to a place of yeah well i love everything you're saying here pc because um the, the one thing that i keep picking up is the need to be real mm. to be practical mm. um and obviously to not have a one size fits all uh, solution. We, we can't have a blanket solution to everything, but you've got to deal with it on a case-by-case case case basis. Um, and another thing that you said that I love is obviously vibing with Christ, that uh, the whole purpose of church is Christ. Mm -hmm. And so if He remains our primary focus, mm -hmm. then um, all these other issues become become secondary issues. Uh, because of our time, we're going to have to end it here. But... Um, if you're out there and maybe you're sitting on the fence, maybe you're, you're, you're actually in a, in a space where maybe you're considering leaving your current church or you're so hurt you've stopped going to church altogether, or maybe you're even starting to question um, your allegiance to Christ because of things that may have happened. I think you know this episode has touched on some very important things that we need to, to, to think about um, in, a, in a prayerful, sincere, genuine manner. But I think PC has really touched on some critical things that we all need to think about. Um, and the one thing that I love most is the fact that we have a responsibility as well um, whether we're the, the, the victims or the perpetrators yeah. right? We, we have a responsibility to make sure that we promote love that we promote Christ so I love this and uh, I really hope and pray that um, God will begin to do some work in our hearts concerning this issue regardless you know, of, of where we, we may be um, yeah. yeah awesome I think we can end it there yeah so Thank you, PC, once again. We'll, Thanks, ha guys. we'll have you back for another juicy one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.